Now, last night, Coquitlam RCMP responded to 911 calls where two individuals were killed in a gangland shooting. This latest incident comes after a brazened armed robbery attempt at a Port Coquitlam car dealership on Tuesday. And, of course, on Sunday, patrons and staff at Café de Soleil were robbed around 11 a.m. by two hooded, gun-wielding suspects who remain at large. One staff member sustained um, minor injuries. Now, all three of these incidents and random attacks in the downtown core here in Vancouver speak to why public safety has been a major concern for taxpayers. It's the reason why Premier David Eby announced late yesterday afternoon a $230 million investment over the next three years to fill staffing vacancies and increase staffing at uh, of a specialized units. Take a, take a listen. The RCMP will receive $230 million over three years. The new funding will help keep our streets safer for everyone by supporting the RCMP to operate at full strength, which is just over 2,600 officers. Right now, staffing vacancies and service level reductions are affecting law enforcement in British Columbia. This impacts the safety of officers and the public. Once fully staffed up, police will be able to provide better service in all parts of the province. That was Premier David Eby from yesterday. The government has been under fire from the BC Liberals for being soft on crime. Joining me now to discuss the new dollars and if they will be effective in dealing with the issue of law and order is Global BC's legislative reporter, Richard Zussman. Good afternoon, Richard. Hey, Jess. Good afternoon to you. So, first of all, uh, where did the uh, provincial government find all this money? $230 million over three years is a lot of dollars. Uh, how did they, where did they find it? So we're getting the second quarter financial update tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. And I would suspect, Jazz, that it's going to be good news from Finance Minister Selena Robinson. At Q1, we saw what was projected as a deficit turn into a $700 million or so surplus. I would expect we'll find out that surplus has grown even more. If you aren't keeping track at home, David Eby over the last six days has spent more than $1.2 billion. And some of that money comes from uh, profits from BC Hydro, but a large majority of it comes from the provincial coffers. So I think tomorrow we'll find out that the province has seen a bounce back in the economy much faster than expected. Uh, that there continues to be strong economic signals, even though there are global economic concerns. And that is no doubt where the province found this money. Uh, Something that Mike Farmer, the public safety minister, says he's been advocating for for a while. But now, Premier Eby's here, public safety is a hot issue. And all of a sudden, the cash is in front of the RCMP to get those officers on the ground. Uh, How much of an effect do you think this announcement will actually have uh, on the ground? Uh, Because you still have to hire these officers. That takes time. You have to send these officers to the respective communities. That takes time. Uh, I mean, uh, what impact do you think this will have in the near future? So training, recruitment, placement, as you described, two to three years until we can get to any semblance of full staffing. That's why this funding is over three years. And the public wants to see change now. And crime is one of those things that you can see the impacts immediately. Uh, Is it on the news? Is it not on the news? Do we see signs in our community of vandalism or petty theft? You know, these are things that people have all around them. And a funding announcement like this provides a roadmap, but it doesn't provide immediate impacts. And David Eby obviously is hoping to have those impacts felt right away. Some of the positions may be easier to fill than others, but when you're talking about some of these specialized units, 
It takes time to find the right people to put into those positions. And it will continue to be a political issue until we start, you know, seeing those crime issues disappear off the top of the story or the front page of the newspaper. Uh, any sense of why we had these vacancies? I know this is a constant issue. Yeah. You do, you're always filling positions. But when you got 270-odd openings, that tells me perhaps there was some neglect there. That should, this should have been done a long time ago. Yeah, and I think that's one of the questions that David Eby was asked yesterday, Jazz, because the Liberals insist they've been calling for this for years, and Mike Farnworth insists that he had been bringing this issue up to the Cabinet table for years, and it had not been addressed. So the question is, who is stopping it from happening? And it's unclear uh, where that bottleneck was. Was it through finance? Was it from Premier John Horgan? Uh, was it something that was put to the side burners? The province dealt with all the economic ramifications of COVID-19. That's very well something that could have happened. And, you know, just placing these officers is, is challenging. But we know we also have shortages in all sorts of other parts of the province. We have shortages of nurses. We have shortages of construction workers. And all of these things are having other impacts in our system, our healthcare system, um, our building system. So all of that is, is curious. Um, how much you know these shortages impact the ability to fight crime? We just don't know. We know in some cases, uh, for example, this money will help bulk up anti-money laundering units. We heard from Justice Austin Cullen that one of the things that would help is if the province could go after those proceeds of crime, but you need investigators to do that, to understand what these proceeds of crime are. Currently, people aren't doing that in BC. Eventually, the money is now there. the money's now there, and eventually the staff will be there to help address. That's just one a small part of all of this. How worried are the is the government in regards to crime and public safety in regards to their own political standing? And I'm not just talking about what we've seen this week, but the four random attacks that we've seen in and around Vancouver alone. How worried are they in regards to people's perceptions of them? Liberals have referred to this as a catch and release. How how worried are they? There's clearly a Mount Rushmore of political issues now. Public safety, health care, affordability, and housing. And all of those issues worry the government because they are having profound impacts on British Columbians. You know this, Jazz. Voters react to what they feel, what is happening in their daily lives. And if people feel unsafe, they are going to blame government for that. If they feel they can't get the health care they need, they're going to blame government for that. And so there are worries here from David Eby, and that's why he is acting so quickly. I think a lot of us knew that David Eby would move fast. I'm not sure anyone knew he would move this fast in terms of getting the framework in place, the money in place, and now it's about executing on that having those coordinated teams working, having the RCMP fully staffed to see whether the money is being spent in a way that's actually having an impact on the way people feel about public safety in their communities. We've talked a little bit about public safety. Uh, the other issue around policing has been, of course, the ongoing conversation uh, in Surrey, where you have, um, of course, the push and pull of whether or not they're going to keep the RCMP or continue the move towards a Surrey police service. Walk me through what the process is and regards to what you're hearing uh, in Victoria for that long-running soap opera. Yeah, I spoke to Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth about this again today, and he is 
anxiously awaiting a report from uh, the city of Surrey that's expected on his desk by the end of the month around what this transition would look like. And it's really crucial here. The province will be looking at two things. It will be looking at, first off, whether uh, the transition back to the RCMP will ensure that the public in Surrey are kept safe. And the other piece in all this is an assurance that there will be enough staff to do that. That's going to be one of the challenges here. We know that there were a number of officers transitioning over to the Surrey Police Service, that there are questions around whether those officers will return to the RCMP. Uh, those are the crucial factors here. The one thing the province will not be looking at is money. And if there is additional cost, it will be the city of Surrey who will be on the hook here. So. We don't have a timeline for how long it will take to do the review. There are many uh, in the community who believe that this is past the point of no return, that there is no way the city can fold up what they've done with the Surrey Police Servicing and remain with the RCMP. But ultimately, the decision will be in the hands of Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth and the public servants around him but whether they believe that it's possible. Brenda Locke argues that it was the big promise of the campaign, that people understood what they were getting into by voting for her, and she's the mayor and has control of council. And uh, it would there's a tough decision here for Minister Farnworth, who you know may ultimately make the conclusion that we are past that point of no return, but what message does that send to the voters of Surrey who showed up at the polls and elected a mayor who clearly had a vision about this. I mean, it was a very narrow victory, and there's many other issues that are debated in in, in a election, as you know very well. Uh, but but obviously that one was the number one issue in, in the way Mr. Mr. McCallum ran that council. Part of uh, the conversation, I assume, is also going to be severance. Now, we had Norm Lipinski on, ahead of the Surrey Police Service. He said, look, if we were to wind everything up. The severance cost alone, uh, estimated by um, the Surrey Police Service, would be $60 million. The the municipality would be responsible for that. I'm assuming it's not the provincial government. Will that be part of the sort of the mindset and thinking of Mr. Farnworth as Solicitor General, uh, that uh, will Surrey be able to afford the $60 million to to pay, uh, pay the severance out and wind things down? Yes, it's not his issue, he says. And That's the problem, is that voters were not aware, I don't believe, about the cost it would be to scale this back. And the argument that Brenda Locke has made is that operationally they are saving money by staying with the RCMP. But there will be the $60 million plus upfront cost that will have to come from somewhere, and it's not coming from the provincial government. So that means it's coming somehow from the taxpayers in Surrey. Either the city's taking on extra debts or they are going with a property tax increase in order to cover that cost. And no mayor, let alone one who's in their first year of the job, wants to go to the voters and say, oh, by the way, to fulfill my big promise, here's a big increase to your property tax. There there has to be a political angle to this as well, beyond just policing in Surrey. Surrey continues to grow, a thousand new residents a month. Uh, They've got to make sure they don't annoy Surrey residents as well. Whatever the decision is, uh, whether it's for or against, there has to be a political equation to this as well. Absolutely. And Farnworth has been insistent time and time again that the money's not there. But could they come up with some sort of creative solution around potentially lending the money to the city of Surrey while it works through 
uh, whatever this transition is, under the promise that when we the city starts saving all of its money that Brenda Locke argues is there, that that then goes back into the pockets of the province. I don't know. That's one possible way to get around this. That you're right. You know, the NDP needs Surrey as well. You know, that's going to be a battleground as it always is in a provincial election. And if there is the belief the voters truly spoke here on this issue, then the NDP will be acutely aware of that as well. They've got a number of MLAs, I think seven of them from Surrey. Uh, they are providing feedback to Mike Farnworth as well in terms of what they're hearing in community. And that's going to help on the political side, put the public safety side uh, part to the side right now. Politically, uh, Farnworth will be getting briefings, no doubt, from from his colleagues in Surrey around this issue. Yeah, I mean, it, it's further reminder that if we're going to have a Metro Vancouver police force, it has to be led by the province. The discussion has to be led by the province because if you leave it to one municipality, in this case Surrey, it is a mess. I don't care if you're for the RCMP or against the RCMP; it doesn't matter to me. Um, ultimately, it is a mess at this point, and it's it's unfortunate because uh, whatever decision is made, and someone's not going to like it, and there will be a cost to it uh, as well. Richard, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Have a great rest of the show.